episode of the New Craft House podcast is sponsored by Faf. We use Faf sewing machines in all of our sewing and in all of our workshops, and they really are the best of the best. With everything from beginner machines like the Smarter Range to the Ambition machines that we use in classes to the top of the range creative icon, Faf have something for every sewist. Welcome to episode 19 of the New Craft House podcast. So today I'm actually joined by Rosie, but... I'm treating Rosie as a guest, which she doesn't know yet, because <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing her on sewing for a changing body. Which mine has changed, but Rosie's has changed a lot more, so. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to normal, but yeah. <laughs> and I've even written you an intro, but it's not a flattering um, what? roundup like everyone else, unfortunately. Why not? I just Okay, go. How unflattering out. is it? <laughs> it's not unflattering. Okay. Rosie has been on maternity leave for the last three months. So actually, let me just add in that Rosie is the other half of Newcraft House. If, you'd, if you're just joining us. Um, looking after her baby, Iris. She's made the move from her boat in London to Ramsgate on the coast in Kent. And she spent the last few months moving around from her parents... Uh, from her boat to her parents in Wiltshire and then to her new house, so she hasn't had much time for sewing. But today we're going to be talking about sewing for the changing body through her last two pregnancies. And yeah, this is news to her that this is happening. So welcome, Rosie. Hi, haven't had time to think about any of this. <laughs> you don't need to. I've, I've got a few questions, so we're going to just slowly go through that. As if you're someone that I don't know a lot. Cool. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Just pottering along through 2021. It's the 1st of February today, so that's like quite exciting that we've got over January. Um, but yeah, every day is pretty much the same, just looking after Iris and Sid, who is my two-year-old as well. You obviously know that, but everyone else doesn't. Um, yeah, how are you? I'm all right. We've had a big delivery of faff machines, which has been waiting with which... Faf have a huge delay on their machines due to such high demand. Yeah. Um, so we've got, right now I'm looking at 28 machines that are like stacked in this massive tower. Oh my God. So 18 of those are going straight out to today um, to their new homes. And then the rest hopefully will go in the next couple of weeks um, to clear up some space. And then you've got to wait until September. If you want one, so oh my God. <laughs> if have you're you listening to out this? there that we've got some? No, not yet. Because I thought I find doing the labels a really tedious job, so I thought I'd need a little break of them. <laughs> are they all um, ambition six thirties? They are, and we've got except from we've got one beginner entry level machine, a smarter one sixty S, and we've also got some expression 710s we've got two of them free that are due in the next couple of days so that's like the other end of the spectrum it's about 1200 pounds machine which is amazing they're really nice yeah i mean various models are coming in at different times over the next few months so it's not it's not necessarily until september but yeah so machine demand is big yeah so for our listeners who don't know about your kids mm. Can you introduce them? Yeah. <laughs> so Sydney is two years and a few months, like two years, three months old. Um, and he is like a standard toddler. 
he spends a lot of time just like running around being wild and throwing food about standard and iris is nearly three months old so she was born um in november 2020 and yeah she's a standard two months old like a baby she just like <laughs> eats very bog repeat. standard kids yeah <laughs> according <basically>. to you <laughs> So do you want to tell us a little bit about how your sewing journey before you had kids? So how did you approach your project planning? What were you making? And then a little bit about how that changed when you got pregnant for the first time with Sid. Because your body had been like relatively the same shape and size. Forever. Forever. Since we were like 15. Yeah. Since I knew you basically. Pretty much. Yeah. I guess, like, before I got pregnant, I would, like, anything I made, I knew I could wear or thought I could wear f- sort of forever. Um, so I was making, like, interesting things that would, like, stay in my wardrobe and I could just wear, like, for nice I- occasions. Um, and, yeah, just things... I don't know, I didn't really think about it that much. And then when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, wait, most of my wardrobe, I'm not going to be able to wear when I'm pregnant and I'm not going to be able to wear when I'm breastfeeding either. So the amount of clothes you have seriously dwindles <laughs> or the amount of clothes that are like accessible to you. Um, so then I started to think about what I could wear while, like in all different stages of my body. So when I'm not pregnant, when I'm pregnant and when I'm breastfeeding, because they're the kind of things that actually you get the most use out of. So I started looking at like large patterns, like shapeless sort of patterns, um, patterns that had like buttons and whatnot for breastfeeding access. Um, yeah, actually most of my wardrobe or a lot of the things I made was like long dresses without any buttons or anything at the front. And they're like the absolute worst because you can't open it from the top and you can't lift it up from the bottom of your feet. <laughs> so they were like... Full body flashed to breastfeed. Yeah. <laughs> they're the things that I really missed wearing when I was pregnant and breastfeeding. Like some of my dresses, my full-length dresses, just didn't get worn for two years because... You can't. Um, so they were out. So what type of thing did you find yourself wearing? Well, when I was pregnant the first time, I was, like, really trying... Well, I tried really hard not to buy anything maternity-specific because I just knew it was a waste. Like, you're going to wear it for a few months and that's it. Um, so I didn't buy maternity jeans, I don't think. No, I don't, I don't think, think I did. you did. Um, no, so I sort of made like big tops that I could wear with some skirts, like elasticated skirts and things. Um, but it's, it depends, like when you're pregnant, what you can wear depends on what time of year it is. So I was quite lucky that I was my heaviest pregnant <laughs> in summer, both times. So you can just get away with like wearing big dresses. And then by the time it, get, it got to like October, November, and I was absolutely huge, I was just wearing huge jumpers and leggings and my dad's shirts into them <laughs> yeah i if i picture you pregnant which i don't it's not something i do <laughs> then i imagine you in a big dress yeah but like nice gathered. yeah but you were yeah. pregnant right through summer you're right that's much easier than yeah than um going through the all of winter yeah, because then you really do want to be wearing, like, jeans. This pregnancy, though, I did buy some maternity jeans. Um, 
and actually I did wear them quite a lot and then you just stop wearing them <laughs> store them yeah so while you were pregnant you said what you were wearing but were you do did that hinder your making yeah I mean it's quite disheartening to think of like oh I don't know how my body's going to change or like how long I'm going to be able to wear this blah blah um so it's like a whole other thought process you've got to go through like how can I adapt this or what pattern can I choose that will actually like fit me for the longest um so I, I definitely made less while I was pregnant and then since as well well between the two of them well between the two of them I got uh, I guess I had like a year and a half and I did make quite a lot of stuff um yeah you did in that year I reckon you made most more in that period than you had in like years before yeah I think I was quite excited actually because after being pregnant like you feel like well by the end you feel pretty like huge and like you're not wearing anything nice really you don't feel like nice um so it was nice to sort of get my body back and be able to wear the things that I wanted to so I made quite a lot of tops again because I was breastfeeding so generally was wearing tops and trousers um yeah I can't really remember what I made, but I know I made quite a lot. You made a lot of woven tops. Yeah. I can't remember what you made. Let's do a um a roundup of everything we made in 2020. Oh no, you were pregnant in 2020. You'd have to go yeah. back a whole year. 2019. <laughs> the golden year. Uh, yeah, I the remember golden. one top I made for our Valentine's party. That was, oh, yeah, that's like, not pregnancy pink. appropriate. That was, no, <laughs> nor is it breastfeeding appropriate. <laughs> so I did make some stuff for like occasions, like special stuff. Yeah, I guess that's the same. I mean, not comparing being in lockdown to being pregnant. But <laughs> when we're all let out again, everyone will go mad making occasion stuff. Yeah. Like when you were allowed out after having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not allowed out. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Did you find that you hacked many patterns? And if you did, tell us about them and which ones would you recommend? Or just ones that you saw and you thought maybe I'd do that. Because I see on Instagram some people go mad hacking so many patterns to make them yeah. maternity, especially breastfeeding appropriate. Yeah. The breastfeeding thing, though, I get like... A lot of people make things that are like wrap tops or like I've got buttons down the top, but it depends how you like to feed. Like I prefer to pull a top up from the bottom. Mm, I think I prefer that as well. Yeah, I feel like a bit less exposed. Um, so I tend to just wear like big tops and pull them up from the bottom. So the Tilly and the Buttons Nora, I made... Is that what you're wearing right now? No. That's a really old make, isn't it? This is really old, yeah. This was, um, I think it's a paper cut rise. Oh, is it? Yeah. But same sort of vibe, like just a, a turtleneck. But Nora's like less fitted. And I just mm. lengthened that. Made it huge actually for pregnancy. So I was wearing that right up to the end. Um, you literally and... wore that for two weeks straight. Yeah, because it was the only thing that felt <laughs> nice by the end. <laughs> you start to feel like really self conscious because things like stick to you and like 
in weird places and when they're too short like you just end up with this weird bit of like belly essentially sticking out the bottom um <laughs> but that one was it's too big now so i need to like let shorten it that was one of the things i thought like what can i change that then i can unchange when i'm not pregnant um so that one i made big and lengthened and the paper cut array top again made that big and lengthened um did i hack anything else i don't think so i remember you met wearing the myosotis a lot the deer and doe one during your first pregnancy then that didn't yeah. make an appearance in second pregnancy no well what actually happened to that is i washed it a bit too hot and it went a bit small Oh, okay. <laughs> so I can't wear it it's just it was iris so good in pregnancy because <laughs> yeah. that you didn't have to adjust did you but it still come like allowed for a yeah. huge pre- pregnancy belly underneath yeah I just made my normal size and I was wearing it till I was about eight months I think mm. it's it's nice and it looks nice when you're not pregnant as well it's just nice and oversized think that your style has changed from having gone through that process of adjusting what you're making for your changing body um yes but not like from a conscious decision I mean mostly it's changed because when you have kids like what you can wear um practically changes like especially as they start eating and stuff like you just get food and like disgusting stuff all over you and you're like rolling around on the floor and going to parks and stuff it's just simple things like jeans and t-shirts are just way more wearable than nice dresses which is what most of my wardrobe was before um so my style has changed to become more practical definitely do you mean in terms of the fibers and as well as jeans being obviously more practical to sit on the floor so have, has that changed? Because I know you used to like, you used to be mad for making big silk dresses. Oh my God, yeah, I miss silk. I really miss silk, actually. Why can't we you have, wear it? We get so much nice fabric and like nice printed silks and things that you could make like the best silk shirt or the best silk dress. But I just literally would not be able to wear it. I could wear it to one of our parties, which is my only social outings in the year. And even <laughs> them have been true. shut down. <laughs> That literally is true. Like, trying to arrange a night out with friends or anything is just, like, impossible. So the parties are the one thing that I make sure I get to. Um, So it's just not worth making those. But I really miss silk. Because, yeah, like, it's the slightest bit of dirt or whatever on them and then they can get ruined. So it's just not worth wearing. And you don't want to have to be thinking, like, oh, be careful of this, be careful of that while you're wearing it around kids. So, Yeah. yeah, it's just not worth it. And then get annoyed if they get grab it or... Yeah. The, like, desire to make a fancy dress is very strong for me right now. Really? <laughs> Even though I have nowhere to wear it. Not kid-related. Yeah, because those were yeah. the things. Do you remember when we started sewing? We used to make so many fancy dresses so that when it came mm. to going to a wedding, you just had, like, a selection of by London floras you could pick from. For me. Yeah. But there are no occasions anymore. But there's yeah, occasion have died. Like there's yeah. nothing to go to of that level of fancy. But I really want to make something that's like a bit more exciting to make than jumpers or 
Yeah. Well, I was actually looking on Instagram this morning and thinking, like, whatever pattern I would want to make a fancy dress out of, I should just make that in, like, a cotton. And then I can wear it, but at least feel a bit nicer. Yeah, that's what you should do. Just get a really nice, some really nice cottons. Yeah. Well, I've got that pink gingham still. Yeah. Makes me in that. That's so nice. Yeah. That's a good summer. That's a good spring make. Just a big tiered dress. Mm. Yeah. With some buttons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, make a myosotis. One dress that I saw this morning on Instagram that I really want to make, which is like a bit of a nicer shape, but you could still make it in cotton or linen or whatever, is um, a no, no waist pattern by Birgitta Helmerson. I think that's how you say it. She's Swedish and she's got just like a small collection of patterns. She also sells ready to wear as well, but um, there's like three or four patterns and they're all zero waist, which is really cool. And it's nice. It's like big gathered thing with like a, you can do buttons or whatever, how you want to do down the front. So I think I'll try that in the pink gingham that we've got, probably. I was thinking as well that actually I did wear a big dress while I was breastfeeding and pregnant, the flora, <laughs> the by hand on mm. the flora. Because you can hack that really easily. I just raised the bodice, made it like e, just put a big gathered skirt on it and added tie straps so you can undo them. Um, but that's like a nice, easy hack. Yeah. And that looks nice like that. Take out the darts as well. Yeah, so it just pulls it on over your head. Yeah. And do you still wear that? Well, I guess it's winter, so... Yeah, to be honest, most of my clothes are in bags still. I'm waiting for wardrobes to arrive. <laughs> so I haven't rediscovered really <laughs> most of my nice clothes. That would be fun, unpacking. Yeah. Refinding everything. Hmm. Before you got pregnant for the first time, did you find that... Would you have said that one of the reasons why you did sew your own clothes was to... Like, did it give you confidence in you, the way you looked, having made your own clothes? And is that something that carried on then through your pregnancy? Yeah. It's probably something... Not actually something I thought about much before pregnancy as much as after like before I think it was just something like that was fun and you could use nice fabrics and it didn't really like I didn't really think about the confident side of it because actually a lot of stuff I made I'd think oh it doesn't look that good because I, I never like made the effort to do a toile or anything like that so a lot of the times things didn't fit very well or whatever but afterwards yeah and especially in pregnancy it's nice to make something that you know will fit you and you're not going into a shop and like looking at the tiny selection of maternity wear in like a tiny selection of shops and hating it um yeah it's nice to still be able to like express your own creativity and individuality even when your body's going something through something like major like that major change yeah and express your style mm. with a me made item yeah, because what you find so is like all maternity wear is basic because people wear it for such a short amount of time um, and there's, it's not a very big market, obviously, pregnant women, so they make just basic things that appeal to like loads of people, like jeans and grey t-shirts. So it's nice to be able to make something a bit more special. Yeah, and I guess you never ever think about that if you're not pregnant or you've never been pregnant. Yeah. 
or how restrictive it must be. You said that you didn't ever think about, like, confidence wasn't really a reason why you sewed before. It was purely just because you liked sewing and you liked the fabric. <laughs> but now, having gone through that experience of reaching for it to give you that confidence while you were pregnant, do you think that you'll, that'll be, like, a bigger reason going forward when you're planning your makes after having, after having stopped breastfeeding even, so... You're making just for yourself now. You don't have to consider a changing body or it being practical in a breastfeeding way. Do you think that you will try and make things that make you feel comfortable about it because of the change that your body's gone through? Yeah. And because I became much more mindful, I think, going through it all of, like, feeling good and what actually looks good on your body, like, whatever it state it's in at the time. <laughs> state um, like you know not not a <laughs> negative state but a state <laughs> and especially like if time is more limited then I'm going to spend my time making things that I know that I wear a lot and will make me feel good like I'm definitely more mindful about that mindful of the making mm. process or mindful of spending your time yeah well. like if I'm going to spend my time then it needs to be on something that's going to work <laughs> And make me feel good. You mentioned that you've had to make changes to the type of garments that you made with your sewing because they weren't appropriate for having babies. And I wanted to ask you if this carried on to your knitting as well. Because only when you said that, I started thinking about, actually, she doesn't wear her nice knitted jumpers that much, much now. No. Yeah. But I don't think I'd ever thought about that beforehand yesterday I was like oh look there's my nice pink jumper and it's freshly washed and I'll put it on <laughs> and then she was sick all over the arm and I was just like eh. now I've got to like hand wash it again it's just you have to give it back to your mum <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so they're not really compatible with your knit hand knitted jumpers well, I mean you're not going to completely ruin them because like you can wash wool but washing your hand knits is quite annoying when I was coming into work, like, more than I'd wear them for work, because obviously, no kids at Baby free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, when you return to work, you're going to have to wear all, like, your fanciest outfits, okay. although then you've got, to, you've got to cycle a bit of it, so. Yeah, that's true, actually. Cycling means no long dresses. Yeah, but you yeah, could just keep a few coat. here and then change <laughs> when you get in. Yeah, work wardrobe. Yeah, under the stairs. You probably all know that we are huge fans of faff machines. We use them in all of our workshops and when we're sewing at home on our boats. So what do we love most about them? They're super smooth to sew on with a sleek design and their iconic IDT system, essentially a built-in walking foot, makes handling all types of fabric a dream. We honestly couldn't sew what we do without them. Get in touch with us if you fancy a machine upgrade or if you'd like to know more about any of the models. So before you became pregnant, one of the classes that's our most popular and a pattern that you'd sewn a lot was the Harriet bra. Yeah. What <laughs> happened to them? <laughs> Tell us about the journey of bra making through maternity. <laughs> so, well, in pregnancy, my boobs got a lot bigger. They went up maybe like three sizes. So I just, I stopped. I wasn't going to buy any new underwire bra. I wasn't going to make any new ones because I knew that the size wasn't going to be fixed. So I just started wearing like stretchy nursing bras um, pretty early on in my pregnancy and then carried on wearing them 
obviously through breastfeeding as well and I just I couldn't face making my own nursing bra so I didn't um but I, I started teaching the underwired class again our Harriet bra class when I went back to work and I was still breastfeeding so every time I taught one of those I'd make one and I'd lost quite a lot of weight like through breastfeeding and after having sit so the size had gone down loads <laughs> so every what, time from before your yeah, pregnancy yeah it was maybe like three sizes smaller than before being pregnant um but every time I did a class does that like, happen from breastfeeding well everyone's different but yeah quite often yeah and then when you stop they sort of get like more full again um yeah so but I was making like a different size every time just to like try and figure out what actual size I was like yeah those are bras in just different sizes (laughs) Um, have you even written the size on them no, which I'm so mad about. Like, why did I not do that? <laughs> why would you not do that? You just got a, ba- a drawer of bras. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> Stupid. I guess I could take the underwire out at least and figure out what size that was. But yeah. Yeah. And then I stopped, like, I, I carried on breastfeeding based until I got pregnant again. So I didn't really have a break. But, well, yeah a break between breastfeeding and being pregnant so who knows what will happen when I stop both of those things probably go back to like my sort of original size and then I'll have loads of bras I can get out of the cupboard but you've kept them all yeah I didn't have that many maybe like six but they're really nice and you know and at the moment you're back in the stretchy maternities oh yeah did you buy some new ones? Oh, yeah. Okay. I found a tea pack in the John Lewis, so... <laughs> if you were going to give some advice to someone who uh, is going through this process at the moment, so they've either just found out they're pregnant or they're planning to start trying to get pregnant, what would your advice be with their making? Like, if you'd, if you'd thought back, how would you have focused your making that period um I would think about the longevity of my garments like it's not just about being pregnant and breastfeeding it's about having a child afterwards as well and what you're going to want to wear through like all those stages because wearing something handmade that you love and makes you feel good is really nice so you want to be able to do that as much as possible and wear them as much as possible and not just be stuck in like a jeans and a t-shirt I can only wear it now um, yeah, so I think about like how it's going to adapt to all of those stages. So we've talked about sewing through your pregnancies and breastfeeding, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about sewing for babies. And now, I guess Sid is a kid. He's a toddler, but yeah. he looks like a little boy now, not baby. Um, do you do it? Yeah, I do. Um, Actually, when I was pregnant, like one of the nice things is like knitting and making a few things for the, for the imagined baby. It's like a nice part of like a nesting process, I suppose. So I, d- I did sew a few things for Sid and Iris when I was pregnant. Um, and I've made some things for Sid. Like when I started sewing again after having him, because there was a few months where like you, your brain can't do anything and you don't have the time to do anything. Um, but then when he started like napping a bit more regularly, I got the sewing machine out and it was nice to make him a few things because it 
they're small for a start so you can just like get the pieces out and do it on the tabletop or whatever um and they're quick and often i just wasn't using patterns as well so i just like making a little pair of elasticated trousers that were super like quick to do within an hour or whatever i could use like little scraps of fabric so it was nice just to be able to choose something small like that um, and then I got a bit obsessed with finding vintage patterns in charity shops. So I found like some 70s kids patterns and made him some dungarees from those. Um, and because we have stashed Liberty for so many years, <laughs> we've got quite a lot of like small bits and it's nice to be able to use those to actually make a garment because they're too small to make anything for an adult out of. So I've made some bloomers for Iris. Um, and I want to make her like a little quilted waistcoat and things. But yeah, there's a sort of a limited supply of nice children's pattern companies, I'd say. There's Ikati, I-K-A-T-E-E. They're French and make some nice patterns. But especially for boys, like there's very few interesting patterns for boys, which is really sad, I think. There's quite a few like pretty dresses and things, but definitely a lack for boys. Um, by Hand London actually have made some of their patterns for kids but i think they start at three or something um so a bit a while till iris is in those but that'll be fun to say though yeah will you ever jump on the trend of sewing yourself matching outfits to your kids yep (laughs) (laughs) actually i've made him him matching stuff oh yeah you have already (laughs) bloody hell i've just insulted it (laughs) No, but that, that wasn't actually planned. But then he, I mean, like, more for a photo shoot. No. Well, I don't know, maybe. You never know how boring life's going to get. <laughs> for, like, a wedding, you could match yourself. Yeah. It's quite cute. If you do the whole like, lot, and then it'd be, like, the bomb traps. No, I think that's a step. I a step too far. I could just do or Sid, though, could I? It would be, like, favouritism. You could do both of them, but I meant your husband as well. That's a bit no. much. No. <laughs> you could have a pocket square, maybe. <laughs> so the best thing that you've made for either of them, actually. For both of them. The most useful and then your favourite. Because they might be different. Um, the things that I really love of both of theirs is like the hat that they wore when they were first born um iris has grown out of hers now <laughs> so i've put both of them like in a drawer <laughs> but i knit both of those like while i was pregnant so it's nice to like be able to try and imagine the baby and then like they're born and you put them in it that's sweet um so do bonnet for iris and like a little knot knotted top hat for sid so they're probably my favorite knitted things um things that get used the most i made um, just like a merino blanket with some merino I just overlocked all around the edge so it's literally just like a big square and I used that um, for, well I've used that for swaddling both of them so they slept with it a lot and it's got used so much um, and I made a selection of like muslins as well again just like hemming around the edges so they got used loads it's nice because something that you use every day like that and gets sicked on and whatever it's nice to be able to look at it and think, oh, I made that. It's like a bit more special. Um, mm. Yeah, because you oh, can focus on making like the special stuff, but actually it's quite fun to make stuff that you use. Yeah, more. stuff that's going to be around like all the time. And 
every year so far, so like the past two winters, I've made Sid a coat from the same pattern using some of our wool, which has been really nice, and he's worn them like all the time. Are you going to continue that and just scale it up till he's 18? <laughs> <laughs> How old have you refused to wear it? Probably not long, be like four. Um, I think the pattern goes up to six, so I've got a few years. It'll be when he gets to school and everyone has, like, a specific one. I know. They have, like, a cool Adidas one or something. Yeah. <laughs> North Face. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think you'll find it hard to throw away the stuff that you've made them? Or by yeah. that, that point, is it actually just, like... I mean, I'm not on about the knitted bonnets and stuff. I'm on about, like, Sid's coat that he's rolled in the mud in. Yeah, I can't see myself doing it away. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, You're but gonna I'm just going to wear so... them now. No, like, that's so horrible for like Iris. That. Make her new stuff. <laughs> well, she'll get some new stuff, but I'm not, I can't make everything new. Um, no, I'll keep some special stuff, 100%. But my mum did this as well. Like, We've got a lot of our baby stuff that now they wear. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to keep, keep special stuff, stuff, but not, but not everything. <laughs> well, not everything. But I don't make that much. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, because when you find some like secondhand baby jumpers and stuff in charity shops, and they're obviously being hand knit. Yeah. You're like, that's crazy to give it away. Yeah. But I reckon it's people actually didn't knit it themselves. It's like a great a grandma knitted it for them. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. So and they don't, don't feel that attachment to it. In hands, like it's not like a cool thing to do in the general population. <laughs> so in the crafting world. world. Yeah, I know. What patterns do you use for baby knits? For some, anyone who's wanting um, to start. My favourite ones are the petite knit ones normally, like her little brother's romper I've made four of I think and um the bonnet that I made Iris is one of hers as well and I made Iris some little shorts I think they're called Eleanor's bloomers mm. um which are sweet although as soon as a nappy leaks then you know hand wash situation oh, no. <laughs> a bit annoying not a poo you know like <laughs> oh right <laughs> so it's a bit annoying but she does wear them um, and then the hat that I made Sid, I also made Iris one of that's got a little knot on the top. That's just a free Ravelry pattern. You can find loads of free baby patterns on Ravelry because they're so like simple and small. Um, anything else I knitted them? As you put this stuff into the storage, you should write on the age that they wore it and the date and what the pattern is because you'll forget. Yeah. yeah. Archive it. Take a photo, stick it in a little book. Museum. <laughs> I wonder if people have that. Really organised people, probably. Is there anyone on Instagram that you recommend our listeners go and follow if they're interested in some good maternity or baby sewing ideas yeah um so francesca at the london loom is currently pregnant and she's done well she's made quite a nice a few <laughs> nice like big things 
look really nice and colourful and inspiring. And I'm sure she's going to make her baby some really cute things as well. So she's definitely one to follow. And um, Gina Seams has got, well, she's just had her third child on the same day as Iris, actually. Her baby was mm. born. Um, and she's, well, she's done quite a lot of maternity sewing. And she makes her kids a lot of things as well. So that would be a nice boy. She does matching mummy and me outfits. They're cute. <laughs> they are actually cute, yeah. And for knitting, we mentioned Petite Knit, who have like an insane amount of nice knitting patterns. Yeah. Um, I can't think of... There's YM Sews on, on Instagram. I can't remember her actual name. Um, but she had her first baby a few months ago. And she made so much stuff. It was actually crazy. It was quite overwhelming to look at because it's nowhere near like how much I was making. Um, but she... Knitted or sewn? Both, actually. A lot of knitting. I think she sort of started knitting. Um, but a lot of sewing now as well. And now she's using reusable nappies and making loads of those, which is really interesting to see, um, like what pattern she's using and the fabrics and stuff. So if you're interested in reusable nappies, definitely give her a follow. I guess this was, if you were pregnant last year with your first kid, so you weren't already trying to look after another kid, but um, it was kind of perfect time to be churning stuff out because we were in lockdown, you can't do anything, you can't go anywhere, can't see anyone. Yeah. And you were nesting. Pretty crazy. The ideal time to knit. What have you got planned for your next project? Very minimal plans, to be honest, because my sewing machine is still not unpacked. And I just don't see when I get the time. But <laughs> I have dreams. And I do want to make that um, no-waste dress by the Swedish lady. And just a few things that will get me excited for spring. Because now as well, I'm living um, by the sea. And I just, you know, I want to like wear things that I can wear down to the beach and just take them off and go in the sea. <laughs> Big dresses with, like, a swimming washing one underneath. That's my dream. You should make that gingham dress first, because that's, like, an, that's a really exciting project. Yeah, it's a really nice pattern as well. It's quite a lot like that McCall's dress that everyone made. The wrap. Nice. Yeah. Like, the sleeves are very similar. Like, the big sleeves mm. with the cuff sort of thing on the end. I'll have a look. Yes, yeah, so you can have a little shop of the shop <laughs> and pick out some bits that you want. Um, but you should go for your stash first. I'll just show you bits of your stash and post you a little selection and some patterns and threads and buttons. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, Rosie. <laughs> Treat like a proper guest. It's been really nice having a chat with you today. Um, and I will speak to you soon. Thank you to Bath for sponsoring, as always, and to Fred for editing. Bye. Bye.